This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. into the portal. I'm Amber A. And I'm Andrew McKay. And welcome back, everyone, to another Film Friday. Mm -hmm. It's been a little while, so uh, thank you for being so patient. Last time we were here, we talked about killer clowns from outer space, (laughs) which was pretty awesome. It was amazing. This film we're about to talk about today is um, definitely high up there with killer clowns in terms of strangeness Mm -hmm. and definitely one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Before we get right into it, though, we wanted to let everyone know we've kind of got some Big news, really cool news. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, it's not a big explosion of news, but we're doing a soft launch. Soft, soft launch. Yeah, of a very, very cool project that Amber and I have been working on for a little while. It's called Straight Up Strange Productions, and mm-hmm. um, we've gone ahead and started our own podcast network, yep. and we've already brought on a handful of really sweet shows. Yeah. We're really, really excited about this um, for you guys to check it out because we, oh man, when, we're, when, we're, when it's all said and done, it's just going to be an epic lineup of sweet <laughs> shows. Is. So it's basically... Basically, everything from myths, legends, history, like we cover, science, Mm -hmm. cryptozoology, true crime, paranormal. We're going to try to get some audio drama in there as well. And basically everything unexplained and strange, it's going to be a true world of high strangeness Mm -hmm. is essentially what we're going for here. Exactly. So go check it out, you guys, straightupstrange.com and follow us on social medias. I think it's at strange podcasts on Instagram and at strange pods on Twitter, Mm -hmm. maybe switched around, but check us out. Oh, it's strange uh, pods on Insta. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. They're all in our, uh, in our bio on uh, into the (laughs) portal and stuff like that. But yeah, super excited. Lots of cool stuff to come. So stay tuned for straight up strange. So, uh, what are we talking about today? We are getting into they live a 1988 American sci-fi horror action film (laughs) is kind of how we're going to call this one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the screenplay, um, and also directed by John Carpenter. That's right. So he's got multiple credits here. It was kind of his little baby. He, uh, he had a lot of inspiration for this one kind of, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically this plot is following an unnamed drifter. He's known as Nada when you go to the end credits. That's right. Um, played by a Canadian wrestler, actually, right. which yes. is pretty dope. Roddy. <laughs> Roddy Roddy Pipes. He's got pipes, too. That's a very fitting name because this guy's just jacked. (laughs) He's got pipes. He's got pecs. He's got glutes. He's got everything. (laughs) He's a thick man. He's a thick, (laughs) thick man. So it's very fitting that there's one of the most epic fight scenes, like, in this movie out of all, like, 80s movies for sure. That's for sure. Andrew's favorite scene. Well, yeah. It's it's just so funny. (laughs) For this guy, it's really interesting. He's just a drifter. And basically, we follow him as he discovers the secret that essentially the world is being controlled by this ruling class it's like a mutual partnership between aliens and the elite of their society of human society and these aliens have essentially successfully concealed themselves in and amongst the masses and they've infiltrated and they're manipulating money or manipulating people to spend their money to just consume to obey to reproduce all of these things right um and just to accept 
accept, obviously, the status quo uh, by remaining complacent. And Pretty just, bizarre uh, plot, right? It, well, is it really, though? It's basically a social commentary on capitalism. Very true. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that sense, it's very blunt and not bizarre in terms of, I mean... I mean, so yeah, so this guy, he's an unnamed drifter, wanders into, of course, Los Angeles, right? Mm. Like the quintessential American city where... It's not Sin City, though. It's not El- no. Las Vegas, so... Hmm. True. Very That's true. I suppose Sin City may have worked just as well. Mm-hmm. But he, he wanders in, he goes to the unemployment office, right? He can't find work, so he moseys over to a construction site, mm-hmm. gets work there under the table, meets his friend, well... I don't know if Frank really considers himself <laughs> his friend, but this uh, this guy named Frank Armitage, which is an homage to a, a character that actually inspired part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. But exactly. it's right after this where things get super duper weird, right? So nada, obviously Spanish for nothing, which mm-hmm. is the perfect name for this unnamed drifter. Yep. <laughs> name for an unnamed drifter. But there's this bearded man as he's kind of walking through. There's like the TV sets and store windows and stuff like that. In houses. In he houses. kind of peers through the window. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's he's curious about something. He realizes something's odd, but he's also kind of like ignoring it at the same time. But there's this bearded man with glasses who keeps appearing constantly in this like disrupted television signal, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, there's this street preacher that he walks past and stops and listens to for a while who's just yelling and wailing away about how they're watching. They control everything. They who, control. who are they? Right? Exactly. We get all these references, all this build up, all right. these suggestions. And it's kind of funny, right? Because Nada himself is highly dissociated from this society. Yes. He isn't a part of it. He's been rejected. And he is immediately rejected again as soon as he enters and finds, okay, no jobs for me, I guess. Right. Hmm. All right, on to the next one. Exactly. So it's kind of funny. Society's thrown him away. Yet he becomes central in saving right. all of humanity. <laughs> and it's almost that, I mean, that is his upper hand in all of this, right? Mm-hmm. He shows up on like a train as an outsider. Mm-hmm. So the, I think the placement in Los Angeles is obviously very fitting. It's like the most like, you know, not, not to not to be like offended anybody living in LA or anything like that, but kind of considered to be like the most like plastic fake. It's mm-hmm. ho- the source of Hollywood, right? Yeah. It's where the most consumerist things take place really yeah. much, right? So here comes this guy who's an outsider. He's the one who can see beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. In a way. Yeah. The analogy is perfect. So essentially what happens here is he kind of wanders in, he finds this under the table job, connects up with Frank Armitage, which is inspired by the, uh, what was the name of the uh, little short story by none other than H.P. Lovecraft? Oh, the Dunwich Horror, that was it. That's right. So yes. it was a 1928 short story that Carpenter credits his screenplay to. Yeah. And the name, obviously, Frank Armitage, which was the name of the scientist who fights against this <laughs> hidden force controlling the world. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see where the inspiration comes from there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. He's also inspired in part two by an eight-page story, um, a comic book story that was about an alien encounter, and it was literally titled Nada. So oh, that's really? kind of the idea of the inspiration for the unnamed, the name of the unnamed drifter. So oh. um, yeah, it was an eight-page eight story in Eclipse Comics and based on Ray Nelson's short story, Eight O'Clock in the Morning. Hmm. So this was originally published in Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction in the 1960s, but it basically, so the character of Nada to Carpenter 
really was, yeah, to, to speak to his disgust over commercialist culture and selfishness, right? Hmm. So it worked perfectly from this inspiration here. <laughs> I'd love to read that comic. I know, me too. I, I looked at some pictures of it and stuff. It looks really interesting. And even going back to even the H.P. Lovecraft connection there, like, we have the anthology. We should look for the Dunwich Horror. 100%. We should do a reading of it. Yes. Maybe we should do, like, the Strange Story Saturdays and do a reading of oh, that or something. Strange Story Saturdays, We'll get yes. back to that because it's mm. been a while. We did the Goblins a while ago, but. <laughs> so he wanders in and he, he ends up in the shanty town, basically as his only place to stay. There's a soup kitchen there. But he kind of realizes that there's this church that's just on the edge of this shantytown that is kind of like a front for like, um, like I don't know, like scientific development. It was like an un- something weird going on. Underground there, right? meeting place is kind of like he sees people go in there and they're like looking around as if like, okay, no one watching? And then they enter. And so he right. kind of kind of instinctually kind of picks up on that. Exactly. Eh? Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, of course, the shanty town gets bulldozed and raided by police. At the very beginning <laughs> of the movie, you don't really realize right, that yeah. this is, excuse me, that this is for anything beyond just clearing out a shanty town, right? Like tent city, very much like we're, we've been used to hearing about in the news in BC here for a long time, right? Well, it seems kind of ruthless, right? Like they come in with literally bulldozers and police firing live ammunition at these people. It's a bit to the extreme. It it's reminded very... me of like District 9 or something like oh, that. Oh, very much like District 9 or 1984. Oh, for sure. Even the imagery that you get from the television sets is very reminiscent of 1984, right? And the bullhorn of media, yeah. that kind of thing. So I think Carpenter's really picking up on a lot of those sort of threads. And those I agree. Themes. Definitely. Um, yeah, so essentially what happens here is like, I love your analogy where it's like he's the outsider, he can see past the facade. Yes. And that's essentially what's going on here. So what we get is police disrupting everything. Nada manages to get away. He climbs through the window of this building, the the church building, and finds other people hiding. Kind of, again, instinctually goes to the spot where... He uncovers one of the most pivotal um, plot sort of hinges, I guess you could say, The right? most pivotal plot hinge. Exactly. He discovers sunglasses. And in, he's kind of disappointed at first, right? Because it's almost like his booty, his prize. He, like, he, he, it's basically buried in a wall, kind of, yeah. right? In a broom closet or something. Grabs it, and he's, like, got it. He, like, runs down the alley with it. And then essentially is kind of disappointed at first, right? It's just a bunch of sunglasses in a box. Yeah. Um, one falls on the ground, he managed, he just stuffs it away, like, for safekeeping, kind of, in a trash bag. Immediately I'm thinking, like, yeah, that's probably not the best place to hide those, but, But you know, whatever. If you're a drifter, though, (laughs) that's a good hiding spot. I suppose that is, you're used to that sort of thing. Indeed. (laughs) So I just love, okay, this is my favorite scene in the movie, is the scene where he goes walking down the main strip, Mm -hmm. puts on the shades, and it's just immediately... He looks at the sidewalk. He doesn't even see anything, right? He looks at the sidewalk, and all of a sudden, it's just all black and white. He's like, what? And then as he looks around, he discovers what sort of illusion they've all been living under. Yeah. And I love that. I love the messages, how simple. It's one word. You get obey. You get reproduce. You get... Oh my gosh, what else is there? Uh, consume. Consume's um, a huge one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, 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 oh man, it's basically some of them, the like, top um, three. There, yeah, there there's a bunch, more, right? Like there's a, there's like one where it's like on a, on bills, like actual cash bills. Right. that says this is your god instead right. of actually yeah. being you know money. Uh, mm-hmm. There, 
Ooh, there's a whole bunch. Yeah. There's a whole bunch. We, we can go back and pull them up. But and I just love how brilliantly simple, like, they were able to convey all of these concepts, right? Yes. It's brilliant. Right? Absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. in part really, like, rebellion against this Reagan-era capitalist ideologies that we've mentioned already, mm-hmm. right? And then in the second part of it, it's this, you know, classic science, science fiction packed full of Western tropes, like classic... Classic action science mm-hmm. fiction. Oh, so Hollywood much so. Movie, right? The one-liners. <laughs> oh man. The, the brash, like ballsy, whatever, like one man taken on the world, essentially. Yeah, and you some know? of those one-liners became really famous. Like, for example, probably the most well-known one, and for most people that have watched this movie, right, is when he's when he finally figures it out, and we'll get to that in a sec. But he figures it out. He's got the glasses. He winds up with a police shotgun because the cops aren't exactly cops, <laughs> and uh, ends up in a bank. <laughs> By accident, he's yeah. just trying to get away. Walks in there, and he's like, "I have come here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum." <laughs> so awesome! That line actually went on to be changed a little bit and used in the really famous game Duke Nukem, the computer what? game. No yeah, and I played that when I was a kid, and I don't remember that being a line, but that's totally like a, a Duke Nukem <laughs> line for sure. That's so funny. So yeah, you get this this whole theme of like him because that's very symbolic, right? The bank. Yeah. The bank is like a symbol of obviously what we just said, right? It's on the bills. It's their God. It's, yes. It is the church of these, of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Or what they want the church to be for, the human proletariat and this just basically being enslaved or hypnotized and, and just put under, so to speak. Ooh, the proletariat. You're bringing out the, uh, yeah. you're bringing out that word, are you? Right, um, right, I have right. to, I have to. We're talking about all this stuff. Very true. I love how like at first, okay. So when John Carpenter went about drafting this screenplay and he had this very keen message, right? It is it is a very capitalist critique. It's it's a social commentary in a lot of ways. We get a lot of references to class structures, elite versus commoners, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, like Universal Studios wasn't actually convinced with his draft. He no. was they weren't sure about the motivations, the characters, the the appeal right for audiences right. and um and even the aliens right um <laughs> this one universal executive questioned why the aliens weren't turning these people into food um as other sci-fi films of the as day example, had yeah. yeah exactly like they were just kind of like cattle or just like what what what's the whole thing like what's going on here they didn't really understand but carpenter kind of went went and explained that he wanted it to be about the business side of it. Which is so unique. Exactly. And it's understandable that these executives wouldn't really get it, right? Because they're a part of the machine. They're a part of it all. Of course. And so he kind of replied when when Carpenter explained that exactly that he wanted the aliens to be after the business, after our business and controlling us through those means, those channels, this guy replied saying, where's the threat in that? We all sell out every day, right. which is a very LA thing to say yes. and just a very much a capitalist thing. And, and that's, <laughs> I just love how that became yeah. a line in the movie. Yeah. Carpenter used it. Totally. We get that Southern drawl dude. And he like, that's another theme of this movie is duplicity. People constantly having two faces, changing, changing roles, changing whose side they're on. For sure. And we get that in this one character who actually utters those words. And he's a guy who is essentially, he first we see him as part of the resistance. And then later on, you see him all dressed up in a tux and he's at the big, the gala, yeah. the ball with all the elite humans and aliens. He's been recruited. Their, exactly. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were recruited. And he says something about what you say it best, Andrew. Oh, um, oh yeah. Well, I mean, they, in the end, they, uh, 
Oh, how, what does he say? It's like something he, along the lines of like, um, I mean, yeah, like, oh, like, what's the harm? Exactly this line. I mean, he busted out. He's like, we all sell out every day. Like, everyone wants a piece of the good life. Like, you know, it's Might like, as well be on the winning team. Might as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm. might as well be on. We all sell out every day. Might as well be on the winning team. Mm. And I, like, that is just such a theme in the world we live in with it every is. single little thing. Yep. That's one of the reasons why I love podcasting so much because I feel like this... <laughs> This medium and the communities that we're a part of aren't like that. It's very democratic. It's, you don't it's need very, money to be a part of it. No, like, and it's just know. very supportive. And it's oh, like yeah. the big shows talk to the little shows, and yeah. it's just like nobody cares. There isn't a really, class structure. No, it's really nice for and, sure. Yeah, I, I love that too. Again, right, you get Holly, who is another side character, who is very duplicitous. Again, like she <laughs> is seemingly on the side of the resistance. How do we see her first? Like she's introduced as kind of this. She's introduced as a, um, uh, well, he kidnaps her, right? She's a TV executive coming out of the building, right. and he's trying to get away. He's running away from the cops slash aliens. So she's a part of the and machine. She's a, right? So she's mm-hmm. a part of the machine, but he realized, well, and then she shows up again later on at the underground meeting, meeting. The, the rebellion meeting. But, of course, she's there, we realize, as basically a mole, mm-hmm. more or less. Mm-hmm. We realize this at the end of the movie. And I love that you use the word duplicity because it's like we get that we get that symbolism, like, so right in our face, right? Because it's like, yeah, people, characters like Holly are two-faced, mm-hmm. right? They flip-flopped around because people are easily bought by money. Yep. And then at the same time, and the power. aliens them, and power. The aliens themselves are two-faced because you literally see two different faces <laughs> when you take the glasses on and off, yeah. right? So it's literally the same action because they're... It's a great yeah, visual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the visual of what is happening to humanity being conformed. Exactly. And even her last line, right, before she, at the very climax of the movie, and you see her against which side. She's she's shot Frank, his friend, and then she's gone up to finish the job. And he's on the roof. He's about to basically achieve, like, well, save humanity by yeah. blowing up the main satellite dish that's sending out this big signal that's basically controlling everyone right. and, and keeping everyone asleep. Stay asleep. That was another one. Stay right? asleep. That was yeah. another big message yeah, that was sure. saw around town. <laughs> so I love how she says she's like, "There's no point in resisting. They'll always win." Right. And and on top of that, how this human society is seemingly aware or under the impression, who knows if this is actually true or not, um, that the aliens have done this in other worlds and other yes. planets. That yeah. they this is a pattern that they repeat over and over again. There's nothing special about Earth. They're free enterprisers. That's is how exactly. they're described. Yeah. Right. Totally. Which is really interesting another sort of analogous sort of thing that terminology that we would use totally in capitalism it's almost like in a funny way this is kind of a humorous version of invasion of the body snatchers minus the actual like going inside the human body Mm. to like snatch you away Mm -hmm. but who knows if those people were humans at one point and now they've been usurped or whatever similar themes yeah Mm -hmm. um we had a few points here about kind of just i mean yeah like more themes that were really interesting and just like i points of interest to discuss. One of them was the idea of the church being the source of the revolution initially. And if, if there's any real in, embedded symbolism in that, mm-hmm. like that's typical, religious symbolism is so typical in a lot of these types of movies. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're dealing with like, I don't even know. It's like, it's an alien. It's a horror movie. It's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> is it, is the source of the church significant because it's like a part of the human condition to try to come up with a rationality for everything or a higher purpose you know or I mean? meaning or some way to rally people together right where then at the yeah. flip side is like the money saying this is your god it's like capitalism is a church in mm-hmm. and of itself right? exactly yeah so there is that sort of layers right maybe that i don't know if that's what he was going for i wonder yeah there 
<laughs> Actually, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. I, I thought it was interesting even just the character of Nada himself. Hmm. The idea, yeah, he's a drifter, he's a no-namer. But again, right, all of his attitudes, like, he's very brash. He's very much so, like, the, what I would call the antithesis of what they need from their human population, the enslaved or whatever. Yes. He's just not going to take it. No. <laughs> like, no matter what. So it's, it's interesting that... For me, I was kind of like, oh, it's a little bit strange that Nada cares so much about the society that's rejected him. But then you could also read that as like he is finally cognizant or he's finally aware of the fact that the this is the cause of why he's been rejected. Right. So if they if this has exploded, this whole fallacy and this this fake reality, yes. then humanity can kind of heal exactly kind of move on which is that. the whole idea of like wake up everyone you are yeah. the proletariat you are being pushed <laughs> yeah. into conforming ways because you're mm -hmm. guided by socioeconomic policies yeah and only certain opportunities mm -hmm. that are 100 guided by politicians yeah. and, and wealthy businessmen mm -hmm. and if there's no better example of that than the world we live in right now i don't know <laughs> i don't really know Things like really and there's actually a few hilarious posters where um Donald Trump has actually been made as the one of the aliens, like the oh, face. No. Oh, um, no. It looks really hilarious. It's oh, great. I'll gosh. probably post it. Well, even it. just talking about politics, right? Like we can talk about the connection to Obey, like the the founder, that guy Shepard Ferry. He was a is it Ferry or Farley? Far, Farley Ferry. Yeah, I, 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 it was Ferry. There's no L in it. Okay. Um, but essentially, a yeah, graphic designer, activist, illustrator, founder of Obey Clothing Company. Yes. He was very influenced by this film. Oh, yeah. This was a quote from him. He said, The film, though it's somewhat silly, has a rather profound concept, um, which is that people don't realize they're being manipulated because they're so caught up in consumption. Yes. They don't realize they're being controlled by aliens who are the authoritarians. And then he talks about how, like, yeah, the, obviously the subliminal messages, the, the delivered in that graphic style, that very old graphic style yeah. that he references this uh, woman, Barbara Kruger. Um, he just like, yeah, he was very, very influenced. Obviously, Obey was the most influential for him, which is why he kind of went that way with of his course. company. But again, like that, um, the, the posters that he made have been used, right? Obama, right? Like that was um, in 2008, his initial presidential run. They yep. had like basically not, stylized it after yes, that. They did. Yeah. Uh, so again, there's, yeah, there's lots of references. Which of to course, politics. the logo for Obey is um, the famous face of Andre the Giant, which is yeah. another actually hilarious reference too, because it's, he was a wrestler, right? So we've got mm -hmm. Roddy Piper in this movie that inspired <laughs> Obey, who was a Canadian yeah. wrestler, and then Andre the Giant, one of the most famous wrestlers. Mm -hmm of all time and he's an actor too he was in like the princess bride and movies like that that's but, awesome um, that scene like even just going back to your favorite scene the, the the seven minute fight scene where obviously they employed roddy's skills as a wrestler to sure. kind of pull that off like yeah. it was very well done obviously he did it all himself he didn't have like someone it took in. them three weeks to choreograph that scene wow yeah three weeks yeah that's amazing. That's it's a like long-ass like fight scene. Yeah, there yeah. is. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just as much skill. Absolutely. Um, let's get into... Well, is there anything else you want to get into before we go to the climax? Um, kind of like the end? Well, I mean, we can straight up ask the question here and speculate a little bit as to what the hell these things are. Where do they come from? Mm -hmm. Are they... They're referred to as aliens. They make... There's a few comments. I can't remember the exact phrasing, but they allude to the idea that it may be interdimensional, not extraterrestrial so to speak. Well, we get the watches technology. There's that too. Um, is... um, yeah, like being able to teleport for sure. Yeah. But I mean, the idea of like, they're not, even if they're coming from light years away or just an interdimensional space, 
they're just like us, obviously, but they look different. They die when you shoot them. They, they're biological. Um, they're, yeah. They're, but they bleed, too. They don't, they're not like, um, like computers or anything. No, and they're obviously slightly different. There's the comment made by the bearded guy on the TV that I thought was really, really interesting. He's saying, like, oh, our carbon emissions have gone up by this, this, and this, and our whatever else has gone up by this, this, and this. They are changing our atmosphere into their atmosphere. And he makes that comment. As oh. if it's some sort of a colonization too, right? It's a colonization <gasps> of business. Is he trying to tie in like global warming to it? Hey, <laughs> maybe. I mean, that was definitely coming about in the eighties, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I thought Sounds that was great. interesting. It's mm-hmm. like, where the hell are these things from? Then is that a clue? Like, w- what hmm. they're changing into an atmosphere that's more like, polluted, that has more, more fluorocarbons and stuff. I guess. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, like, that's really interesting. Kind of an odd thing to speculate on, which is all you can do because it's kind of a comedy and then on the are they shapeshifters or are they just chameleons where they're not chameleons themselves but they can transform the environment to suit what they need it to look like for other people you know because because obviously in the very end scene you get the elimination of the signal that is putting people to sleep and, right. and producing this illusion and so we get like they're basically all these aliens are just doing their thing exposed yeah there's he's sitting in a coffee shop or in a bar or whatever yeah. it was and everyone's like looking at him like what the hell well like the tv anchor like all of a sudden they're still doing the report like and they're barbara like, you look like shit yeah. <laughs> barbara like she's like what what's going on like, both of them too i thought initially when because we we've seen this movie multiple times but when we watched it back in the day i always remember the female anchor being the alien and i thought the man was a actual human but right. they're both actually <laughs> yeah. aliens in the end. makes sense they're the ones <laughs> telling people like it is on exactly. tv right yeah totally and again right honestly you get so many references. Yeah, obviously the authoritarian themes make me think of things like Fever Vendetta, right? Oh, yeah. they, again, right, centralized media outlet, um, all highly controlled by authoritarian power. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to kind of touch on before we wrap it up? Honestly, that was pretty much, um, I think we kind of touched on most of it, like... <sighs> lots, lots, yeah, lots. We could go down a million rabbit holes with this one, but I really enjoyed this movie. Definitely one of my favorite '80s sci-fi movies for it's sure. Love so the great. social commentary because it is so effective. And initially, the critics hated on it for that. Like <laughs> in the '80s, they were like, Pfft. too obvious or something. Or I think that was kind of the point of it, though, yeah. right? And they even ended on a hilarious note, like you said, with like the the guy getting laid, the alien getting <laughs> laid, and the chick looks down at him and he's like, "What's wrong, baby?" And now his face <laughs> looks like. <laughs> Not like it did before. Um, that's a pretty hilarious way to end a horror sci-fi movie. Yeah. Definitely takes a comedic tone, mm-hmm. um, which is the entire point. So people cr- criticizing it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of silly. They just take themselves too your, seriously. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Would you recommend it? Of course, hundred percent. I would do. recommend this. For it's sure. it's a fun ride. Like yeah, you can pick out a lot of different things. You can watch this movie multiple times, and it's always fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Thank yeah. you for your patience uh, for this another Film <laughs> Friday. And as always, keep these um, suggestions coming. We're kind of, uh, our our list is depleting a little bit. So a shoot little. out some ideas. We've got a few, um, but we are always looking for more. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks again for everyone's patience on the late release. We kind of had our hands full with our little baby bean that came home from the hospital yesterday. Yeah, she had knee surgery and we were carting her around <laughs> in a Walmart wagon. And, she's, uh, <laughs> literally, she's Frank and Dog right now. Pretty much. She's got, like, probably 
uh, I don't know, like eight inches worth of stitches going down her leg. Uh, if it was Halloween, it'd be perfect timing, but uh, <laughs> not... Uh, What'd you say she looks like? She's got her whole butt shaved. She kind of reminds me of, uh, what are they called? The Okapi? Like the, uh, that, yeah, that, uh, the Okapi or whatever. Yeah, those uh, things yeah. I live in, uh, I believe it's Central Africa. Somewhere. But um, <laughs> that everyone thought was a mythical creature and they ended up existing and being found in the 1920s. That's what mm. she looks like. Maybe we'll take a picture of her ass and send it to everybody. You guys can take a look for yourself. But um, no, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Hit us up into the portal mailbox at gmail.com for ideas um, on our socials. You guys know where to find us at into the portal podcast. As always, thank you so much to our producer, Charlene Ramler. Of course. And make sure you guys go check out straightupstrange.com. Check out Straight Up Strange. Check out our Patreon. All the links are on uh, on our page. And uh, yeah, check out straightupstrange.com. Lots of cool stuff coming down the pipe. So we're really excited and stay tuned. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Mm -hmm.